Jazz. Schools. Also, going to take it on the quarterback draw. He's to the 30, the 25, makes the move to the 20, 15, 10, 5. He's into the end zone. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Number four of my best non-sports sports, wife carrying. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Full Court Press. Jason Walker, Eric Eric Franson. I think I just turned everything off for a second there. Still working the board, still <laughs> learning everything. Baby steps. Yeah. Baby steps. We're learning it. We're learning it. I'll get it down eventually. But anyway, glad to have you here. How you doing, Eric? I turned your mic on. So actually I know. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm feeling good about how the day's going to go. My mic on, but we'll see. It's early. You look like you just showed up after shooting a 96 on the golf course. <laughs> no. Uh, well, after the show last night, grabbed a couple members of my family. We ran over to Bear Lake. Raspberry days going on over there. Still have a lot of fun activities going through the weekend. Um, so some of them got left behind. Some came with me back. So uh, came over back here to do the show. But um, a lot of stuff going on, though. Rumors in the NBA regarding the Utah Jazz and Donovan Mitchell, number 11 in our top 25, another high school football coach uh, to preview his team. So absolutely needed to be here today and excited to be with you guys. And uh, and if you – look, we didn't throw out the number very much yesterday, but if you want to chime in on, on what's going on with high school football or um, our top 25 rankings of Aggies for this upcoming season – We'd love to hear from me on our text line, 435-339-0321. And uh, 9315, uh, I do like mini golf. Thanks for asking. <laughs> I, I did not go golf? to the rodeo, though. Oh. Was the rodeo, was the rodeo tonight or was it yesterday? Uh, there is a rodeo tonight and tomorrow night. Okay. But then uh, 9315 said, oops, wrong person. So I don't think those uh, <laughs> questions that were sent to us uh, – I guess early this morning were not really intended for us, but uh, thanks for thinking of us inadvertently. Nine three one five, appreciate it. I gotta love it. Well, I, I accidentally sent him a text way back when, so I guess he's returning. <laughs> the favor yes, before. yes. Mine was a little. Mine was a little more cryptic, I guess. But anyway, so yeah, definitely lots of stuff. We're gonna be uh, playing an interview we did with uh, Ridgeline head coach Travis Cox, the defending four A champions. So they're looking for, uh, hoping to repeat, obviously. Uh, might be interesting for them because they lost a lot of talent, but we'll get into that interview because we talked about that with him, you know, the, the challenge of replacing some guys. Obviously, we're going to preview the the false, the first false scrimmage Utah State has, the, their first kind of public, uh, well, first time the public will be able to see them. Their, their practices have all been closed thus far. So the scrimmage will be the first time any of us have seen this team since spring. Uh, so we're going to be previewing what we're looking for, you know, who we're hoping has had a good fall camp, and then obviously, as you said, number eleven. So lots of fun stuff. Yeah, but um, there's this rumor being reported by Hoops Hype that Donovan Mitchell, Utah Jazz, New York Knicks, and now Los Angeles Lakers are engaged in three-way talks. To move different pieces around. What's a little sketchy here, though, Jason, is that 
These are according to other NBA executives, and we don't know the timing of when these discussions were had. If this is fresh or if this is just we haven't had any movement here for a few weeks, and this is one of those things that was kicked around a few weeks ago when the Jazz and the Knicks were talking and trying to find another partner to try to make it work. See, I'm inclined to think that's what it is, that there, this rumor is just kind of coming out later. Somebody hoops hype may have chatted with an executive and said, yeah, this was, this is happening. And, and executives tend to know somewhat what's going on around the league. They may not know all of the details, but, you know, they'll hear about something like this. Because, you know, when they're talking to each other and talking about their own deals, you know, it's going to come out. They'll have a general idea. So, right, because they may have been contacted yeah. as, a, as a partner to try to make these things work. Yeah, or possibly like, you know, I can't talk too much about this guy because he's tied up in this other trade that I may be doing. So you know, all those kind of things were just kind of leaks out. Um, but yeah, the the fact that this may have been a rumor from a few weeks ago is kind of what I'm thinking. Because we've heard rumors of the Jazz being interested in acquiring Westbrook. Uh, well basically acquiring draft picks and having to take on Russell Westbrook because of that and then buying him out. Pretty much every rumor about uh, the Jazz getting Russell Westbrook involves them getting draft picks and then buying out Russell Westbrook. They wouldn't, I don't think they'd intend to have Russell Westbrook on their team this upcoming season. I don't think that would go over very well no, it for Jazz fans. You're already in the midst of, you shipped out your two stars that a generation of Jazz fans have grown to love. You've changed the the color scheme, which nobody is very happy about. (laughs) And then you bring in the guy that seems to be universally disliked among Jazz fans to be the new face of the franchise. It's like, are you trying to to crater this team? Yeah, he would. And he would be the the focus of, you know, all the highlights and things like that because Westbrook would go into the season primed for another triple-double season, you know, where he averages a triple-double. And he would. He would be... Out there to do whatever he wants because there's nobody else to take up space. Yeah, and and that'd be his entire focus because he'd know it's not a very good team. It was like when he was with Washington, where it's just like just get triple doubles, get stats, and try and cement his legacy that way because he has to know at this point that that's his only legacy is being the triple-double guy, which isn't bad as far as legacies go. It's going to get him into the Hall of Fame. But, yeah. So, obviously, the Jazz are smart enough that clearly they would never do that, thankfully. We know that they would probably buy There them. are limits to how far they will go. Yeah. They I mean, they've gone pretty far. Yeah, they've... Like said, but apparently there are limits. I'll be honest, I think the fans almost might be more mad about the jerseys than about Rudy Gobert. Maybe that's probably an exaggeration, but <laughs> not by much. Because the Jazz, like, the, the store and all that, they'll still tweet out stuff. And anytime the new jerseys show up, they just get ratioed. Yes. Um, but it's clear, too, that... There's still a holding pattern here, and there are a lot of other teams who want to make deals, but everything's still kind of stuck on, uh, well, it's not just the Utah Jazz that are that are throwing a wrench in, in everything league-wide, but what they did with Rudy Gobert really made things difficult for a lot of other teams wanting to make some deals, notably Kevin Durant, and, and well, teams and players that are interested in the Kevin Durant deal, the Kyrie Irving deal, and even to some degree Russell Westbrook. Um, Because Utah set a bar really high that becomes difficult for other teams to hit, and then Utah's 
engaged in more conversations. Like if you want Donovan Mitchell, you got to even reach a higher bar. And so it, it, it creates a, a really tenuous relationship with Donovan Mitchell. If the Jazz ultimately say our price wasn't met, Donovan Mitchell, you're still going to be under contract and we expect you to come back and compete on our team. Yeah, that that'll be tricky for Donovan Mitchell because he's been a he's been professional about this. He's not been doing stuff behind the scenes. At least it's leaked out. He can be as frustrated as he wants behind the scenes, but he's been professional enough to not let it be toxic. Kevin Durant's not quite doing the same. <laughs> he's not uh, doing the Nets the same favors because uh, you know he's pretty much publicly asked for a trade, and that's another thing that's holding things up. Is just we have two stars that have ridiculous price tags. I mean, you think Donovan Mitchell's price tag is high. The Nets are asking for the sun and the moon and everything else because Donovan Mitchell's tag is high. Well, so what's Kevin Durant? Right. He's going to be like an all-time player. Yeah, so. my word. Yeah. So if you're getting that for, for, Don, for Rudy and then you're going to get that for Donovan, my word, what you have to give up to get Kevin Durant, who is a generational player who will who has experience getting a team to the NBA Finals. Yeah, it's like we want a ten percent stake in your, in your team. <laughs> yeah, like, something like that. Um, so really quick, zero three six six. He uh, chimes in on the text line. It says, "Speaking of rodeos, I heard Ajay was riding a sheep at the Raspberry Days rodeo this week." Uh, that would be fun. That would be entertaining. <laughs> I actually have a nephew who's going to be doing some mutton busting tonight, so maybe he'll be riding alongside uh, good old Ajay. All right, so we're going to go ahead. We need to hurry up and get to this uh, this interview we did with Travis, Travis Cox. Uh, it's a bit of a longer one, so we got to get this through. And so hope you enjoyed it. It was a really good interview uh, with him overall. So let's, let's go ahead and play that. As we continue to preview the teams in Region 11 for this upcoming 2022 football season, uh, we have a chance to talk to uh, Travis Cox, the head coach of the Ridgeline Riverhawks, reigning champions, and uh, had a heck of a year last year and to continue to have um, a lot of support for their program as well. Coach, thanks for your time today, and as we uh, get to know this team this year. Yeah, good to be here. Happy to talk some football, so um, thanks for having me on. So, uh, for for starters, I mean, every, every coach every year has to replace key guys. They graduate, they move on, but it seems like Ridgeline has been affected seemingly more than most with uh, the, the talent that you had last year that helped get you to uh, that great success that you had a season ago. So that's probably one of the biggest questions that, that I've been g- getting as people talk to me about the high school football here in the Valley is what is Ridgeline going to look like after so many key guys have graduated? Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm getting the same question and a uh, good question, obviously. So, uh, yeah, we got to um, replace a lot of our, you know, skilled guys, quarterback, running back, um, so yeah, all over the field we're having to replace guys. Uh, but what kind of gives us hope? And you know, I've always been the believer that you don't win games without a good old line. And you know, we have three three returners back over there, and I think that's kind of where we're going to hunker down and you know try to try to win games with those guys up front. Coach, I'm, I'm kind of curious. You know, a lot of teams you know, after they win a championship, the next off season, there's a lot of talk. You know, trying to do the little things in terms of repeating, you know, staying focused. I'm curious, you know, obviously you're trying to do those things. Like what are the things that you do with the team to try and reinforce those ideas? Uh, if that makes uh, Yeah. I mean, we always, 
you know, it doesn't matter what team we have. And, you know, I've only been here for two years, but we've always kind of preached the same thing and, you know, practice and preparation and, you know, try to play with some confidence. And so we always just drill that in our kids' head all the time. And, you know, this year is a little bit different, whereas last year you could, you know, we could have been complacent because a lot of those guys had been playing. This year I haven't had to worry about, like, oh, we've been there, done that, because we have a lot of new kids. So, you know, they have the pressure on them to try to, like, you know, carry on kind of what we've been doing the couple, last couple of years. So they've been ultra-focused and want to work hard because it's their turn. And so that's kind of been, you know, pretty good for us because we've had a great kind of work ethic over the offseason. As you've kind of worked in this off season, and, with, and we've talked, asked this of other coaches as well, and, and I think in your case, trying to find you know the best available players to fill holes that need to be filled, have you had to move players to different positions very much? Well, you know, last year we moved Jackson Olson from quarterback to receiver. He ended up being a phenomenal receiver, but his natural position is quarterback, and so he's going to go back and play that. Um, but other than him, pretty much everyone's kind of staying kind of where they've, they've been playing. Um, but yeah, he's kind of the major one. So he's at Olsen going to be playing quarterback? Yeah, Jackson will be quarterback. Yep. Now he's got a scholarship offer to Utah State as a wide receiver. Is that correct? Yes, that is. Yeah. You know, he's a phenomenal athlete, but he's got a really good arm. So we're going to try to get the ball in his hands a lot. So that's, you know. That's kind of our plan with him. Yeah, I was kind of going to ask about that because I was wondering if he was going to play wide receiver and maybe incorporate him in other parts of the offense. But I guess if he's playing quarterback, are you going to try and run like a lot of things through him? You know, use him in the run game and maybe even you know just try and use him as many places as possible. Yeah, I mean, I think you always got to be careful with running quarterbacks. I'm not a big believer in you know, running a quarterback a lot because they have to do so much for their team. So we'll spot kind of run him, but. uh He's just such a phenomenal athlete, can make a lot of plays, you know, in and outside of the pocket, good arms. So, you know, we'll we'll be a little bit different than we were last year. Last year we didn't run a quarterback at all. Um, but we'll we'll use Jackson a little bit different. But overall, we we still believe in the quarterback getting us in the right plays and getting the balls to the right guys and then being the threat that he is, you know, when he does have the ball in his hands. So, so uh, that's no, kind of how we'll approach him. So no Lamar Jackson style uh... – Offense there with, with no. I mean, it will be more Lamar style than we were last year, but I wouldn't say he's going to be carrying the ball twenty times a game. I don't think that's healthy for a team. Again, we're talking to Travis Cox, head coach of the Ridgeline River Hawks, and uh, you've, as you've mentioned, you've only been a head coach for a few years. How is this year uh, different, maybe, than the years past? As you've uh, getting ready for the upcoming season. Um, yeah, so my career has been a little bit odd because the first year was COVID and that was really hard, but I didn't know it was really hard because it was my first year. So now having gone through last year was, you know, we were still kind of dealing with it, but I was with a group of kids I'd known for a really long time. So they were really easy to coach and, um, you know, this year is different in the sense that I'm having to get used to some new kids and, and kind of their, their personality because every team's different. So, um, as far as that's concerned, that's where it's been a little bit different. But as far as like kind of how our culture runs everything, our kids have been in it for now three years, and so they practices and how we work and what we do is we haven't had to reinvent that. The kids are really good at you know trying to get done the stuff that we need to get done. So 
that part of it's been pretty pretty easy for us. So it's been fun though to get to know these kids in a different level than I have in the past. And I guess kind of in, a, in addition to that, has your has your coaching staff been the same throughout, or if you had to make some changes there? Um, we're relatively the same, and that's you know what's made it really good this year is you know our D staffs now kind of been together for a couple years, and same with our offense. So what we want to get done, and having gone through you know two seasons together, we're really on the same page now. Whereas you know last year we were still trying to figure out exactly kind of how we wanted to do things. We had a couple new coaches last year, but for the most part our staffs the same. And so. That's made our off season much more efficient than we've been in the past. So I believe uh, you're returning like four guys uh, on the front seven on defense, uh, and kind of like how you talked about, you know, the offensive line. You return like three guys there. Are you feel like you're going to have to rely on those returners in the front seven, whereas you know you're replacing a lot of guys uh, in the defensive backfield? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's where every I mean I would venture to guess most football coaches kind of start on the trenches. So yeah, we'll. O and D line are really important for us um, this year, and so yeah, we're we're looking to do some things up there. We got some guys that might play. We might play a few guys more both ways this year than we have in the past. So we're we're going to try to. We we weren't very big last year up front, so I think we're going to try to add a little bit more size up there so we can kind of manage the, that you know the line of scrimmage a little bit better. Coach, when you look at your non-region schedule, uh, it's an interesting mix of some higher schools, at least higher classification schools, uh, a, a smaller school from Idaho, uh, another you know, school from Region 10, who knew, who knows, that could be a, a playoff preview. When you put that schedule together, the non-region schedule, did you have a philosophy in mind about teams, types of teams that you wanted to play, or just kind of whatever was available? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. So I wanted to go after the best teams I could find that you know we could play, so I think you know, going after Stansbury's been really good. Bonneville's always has been tough. So I kind of wanted to go after some tougher 5A schools. Um, I think it kind of helps you as you get into region and state. So I wanted to go after them for sure. And then, you know, I, I, the other two, you know, I don't love having to go to St. George, but it is fun to play that region just because it's a pretty competitive region. You kind of get an idea of where you sit, you know, after you play them. And Snow Canyon's got a really good team this year, so um, yeah, I've, I I want I always want to try to play the best teams I can find. That's for sure. Then the number one goal, um, the Idaho team. I I couldn't. I barely. I barely. I. It took me a long time to find that game, so I just needed a game. So we took Idaho, and they were lucky enough to come up to our place this year, so we could have another home game. So, but they're they're actually a really good team. I think they're eleven and one last year, and they do some different things on offense. So. It'll be a good game for us. So what's kind of the, the philosophy behind going after all these tough schools? Is it just playing the toughest so you can? I uh, just think it, I mean, you learn a lot when you go against, you know, good, well-coached teams. You learn a lot about your team, where you're at, um, what you need to get better on. I mean, the most important thing for us is, you know, we always, our goal is always to try to win the last game. And sometimes you lose before that last game, but you need to figure out, you know, what you need to work on, where you're good at, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and I think you find that out better when you play good teams. So as you mentioned, you know, losing, is this team kind of mentally ready to lose? Because they didn't lose at all last year. 
No, so a lot of these, uh, a lot of these kids may not have known what defeat tastes I'm like. I'm not. Yet. I'm not. Yeah, we're not mentally ready to lose. That's for sure. So <laughs> I don't like to lose. So we're 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 not thinking about that. If we do, we'll figure out when we get there. But we're not. We're not really thinking about that right now. That, that's actually that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's a good mentality. I guess the yes, same thing. You, know, well, you just got to kind of figure out what happens when you lose. Obviously, you know you don't want the the previous year to overshadow you. But, you know, thirteen and zero. I mean, these kids kind of feel the pressure of of you know not losing and keeping that winning streak going through a second year. Um, you know, we don't really talk about it, and you know, we really try to focus. I mean, it's kind of clicheish, but we really just focus on you know. One practice at a time, and then when we get to game week, we focus on that game and trying to figure out what we do. And you know, it's kind of has always been our approach, and we just try to get better each and every day. And hopefully, you know, as you get to those last games, that you're you're kind of peaking at the right time. So we know it's a marathon; it's not a sprint. So we really don't try to get too far ahead of ourselves, and we don't think about last year. We have we've hardly even talked about it. So the only thing we really talk about is what we talked about for last season and that is just kind of how we prepare so coach i i recall vividly your reaction when i asked you about rpi you are not a fan (laughs) (laughs) but as as you put your schedule together and i'm trying to keep dwelling on the schedule but uh, rpi is a factor uh when you look at complete wins and losses but um, has that changed your philosophy at all? Is as you've been in this a little bit longer and seen how RPI works, or is it still just about scheduling the best teams for your team to get you ready for region play? Yeah, I mean, last year we thought we had a really hard schedule, and it ended up not being great because Woods Cross was, you know, when we scheduled Woods Cross back in the day, they were a really good team, and they didn't win a game last year. Um, Bonneville, I think, ended up winning their region, but they had some losses. Um, so I don't know. I, I just try to schedule good teams and, you know, we won all of our games last year. We were still number two. The previous year we lost one game and that was to the number one team and we were four. So it's one of those things where you just, it's something that's so out of your control and you try to win all your games and if you just play who you got to play. And so I really don't, honestly, nowadays I don't even really worry about the RPI. I don't, there's some parts that is good in a sense that it kind of matches up the best teams for the most part. But it's not a perfect science, and knowing how it works, I just don't worry about it anymore. So That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Scotia, I'm kind of curious. Um, like, so you're, you're coaching at a school that's been around for, I think, six years. Yeah. And you've got some schools around here. You know, Logan's been around for, I think, over 100 years. I mean, I went to a school that was around for over 100 years now, and I think you're a Mountain Chris grad, which, so that school's been around a while, like, you're playing at a school that hasn't really established maybe traditions or at least, you know, the traditions that go on for decades. Yep. So what's it like for you coaching where, like, you're you're establishing the tradition? I mean, you won the first football title last year for the school. Like, what's it like for you to, to be the, the tradition maker at that school? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of unique, and it's really fun. So, uh, you know, it's really fun to try to create excitement and, you know, an atmosphere where, you know, little kids want to come up and play. And so we, we try to create a culture of, you know, when you come to a football game on a Friday night, it's really fun and enjoyable. And there's, you know, great atmosphere, and we win a lot of games. So that's that's kind of what it is. And it's hard to create culture if you don't win. And, you know, before, you know, the first little bit, they struggled. And, you know, I think we've kind of figured out what it takes to win. And you can kind of see 
you know, the little communities kind of gravitating towards, you know, what we're doing. I think we set a huge record in um, Little League football tent or signups this year by like almost 50 guys, 50 kids. So it's really kind of exciting just to see the development of the younger kids coming in. And then our freshman groups are bigger. And so I think it's a credit to the older guys that have come through the program to kind of help establish it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's a, it's probably one of the funner things to, to get to do is to build your own traditions. Travis Cox, head coach of the Ridgeline Riverhawks. I have just two quick uh, more questions for you, coach, and we'll let you go. But uh, the first one, just as Jason already alluded to, you graduated from Mountain Crest, and there's a number of the coaches in this region who are from the area and just makes that even that much more interesting. What do you see this year in Region 11 and how that landscape looks for your region play? Well, I think our region is going to be really competitive this year. I think – Every team's kind of got some strengths, and I think every team's going to try to figure out a few things that they need to, that they don't know about. But, you know, overall, top to bottom, I think it's going to be a pretty competitive region. And, you know, it kind of makes, you know, playing football in our valley and in our region really fun because everyone does know everyone, and when the games are competitive, it makes it that much funner. So I expect it to be a pretty competitive region at each and every game. And, um, yeah, I think, I think it's really going to be quite a fun year. And then we were reminded the other day when we were talking to some of these other uh, high school coaches, anybody on your on your roster that's getting interest from uh, colleges? We already talked about Jackson. He's got an offer from Utah State. But uh, yeah. any other guys so on your Jay, roster? Jake Alice, um, our left tackle has started since he was a sophomore. He's, he got an offer from Southern Utah, and then he's got some bigger schools looking at him. Um, so he's, he's kind of one of the guys uh, – Ashton McFarland's getting some looks. Owen Monk's getting a little bit of looks. So we're we're getting more looks than we actually did last year. So for as good as our some of our kids were last year, it was a little bit quiet. So I don't know if it was no, none of the coaches could get out and see him. But uh, yeah, as things are kind of picking up a little bit more now. Well, it's an exciting time of the year and exciting to see how this team builds off of all of its success from here we go. Dave Simmons and Nick Zollinger will be doing the play-by-play for Ridgeline on uh, 104.5 The Ranch. We love those guys, and they have a lot of fun calling those games for Ridgeline. And uh, excited to see how things play out this year, Coach, and uh, wish you the all best right. of luck. All right, thanks for having me, and we appreciate all you guys do and supporting the sports in the Valley, so thank you. It's back to school time. If you're involved in booster clubs, team sports, PTA, or any school organization, then the Logo Shop is your source for uniforms, fan gear, club t-shirts, anything customized with your school logo. It's the season to call the Logo Shop for custom t-shirts and uniforms for youth football, soccer, and other sports teams. The Logo Shop, committed to schools, teams, and youth groups. The Logo Shop. Logo stuff. The Logo Shop. SC Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. People from St. George to Rexburg drive to Logan to shop Utah's oldest jewelry store. And one major reason is price. When diamonds are compared up and down the Wasatch Front, SC Needham's is as low or lower than any store in the state. We compete with any 50 to 70% off sales, student discounts, or so-called wholesale prices. So when it's time for an engagement ring, come to the store where Utah gets engaged. Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. SC Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. 
This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Valvoline Instant Oil Change is now open on Sundays. They're at 695 North Main in Logan. It's across the street from Angie's. It's quick, clean, easy. And that's how it should be when it comes to an oil change. You can stop in today or whenever you need your oil change. I don't need my oil change for a while. Which I actually use Valvoline, so I don't know if that's a, another prop for them. That's a good sign. I'm sure they like you. Uh, interesting comments there from Coach uh, Travis Cox for the Ridgeline River Hawks. Um, that team was loaded with a lot of talent. They won every game. They won the state championship. Um, a lot of those guys have graduated, so it's a big concern of that staff. Uh, you know, how do you, you know, stay in it and rebuild and uh, keep going forward? A few little changes in personnel, but um, if. For those who followed the Riverhawks, still know that Jackson Olsen has taken snaps at quarterback for this team before. It was a few years ago. It was during a playoff game. He was pressed into service, maybe a little ahead of when he was ready, but um, interesting to see how that works. Uh, he's a tremendous athlete. We saw that last year as a wide receiver and kick return specialist, but um, really interested to see how this uh, Ridgeline team builds off of uh, last year. And uh, tries to stay competitive in this uh, in this region eleven. Yeah, that's always the key is is keeping it going in high school. Be more tricky because you just gotta play with whoever you're handed. There's not as much recruiting. Um, but anyway, we're gonna get really quick into our top twenty five. We're at number eleven, number eleven on the list of top twenty five Aggies for the upcoming season. So without further ado, let's go ahead and hear what Al has to say. Number 11 on our Cash Valley Media Group's list of the top 25 Aggie football players for this year, Chandler Dolphin, who is up on the offensive line. Chandler wears number 74. He's a graduate senior from Alta High School, where he was the student body president and a member of the honor roll. So he's a leader that the Aggies need to have up front to be a part of this offensive front. He started 11 of the 12 games he played last year at center. And in the COVID year, he played in just two games on special teams and it played just sparingly, but came on as a real big addition to the Aggie offensive front last year in the big 11 win season. We certainly hope Chandler will be right in the mix of it all this year, being a big part of Utah State's offensive front. So number 11 on our list, Chandler Dolphin. All right, Chandler Dolphin. Um, I gotta be honest, I kind of disagreed with him being this high, personally. Um, I had him at number 18. Well, he's one of the key returning offensive linemen. Um, he kind of won the job last year based off of an injury. Uh, he was splitting time with, uh, let's see if I can get the name right. The Dimitri uh, Aliafua? No, he was playing guard. He's He's been playing guard since 2020. Mm. Um, it was like, that's uh, like, I gotta find it. 
Somebody else. Alfred Edwards called him Pule, and that's like the second half of his first. It's like Felipe Pule Pule. Again, I can't pronounce these guys' names. <laughs> I'll say his last name is Allo. A-L-A-L-O. He was mm. splitting time with him at center, and then Allo went down with injury around, uh, around the bye week and didn't play the rest of the season, so Chandler Dolphin took over. Did pretty well in that role. Um, I believe Edwards and South are both notably better than Dolphin. Um, so I thought, you know, and of course, Dolphin's fine. He did just he did a fine job at center. But, you know, that's it. That's, that's kind of my take here is a little negative sounding. I don't want to sound negative, but I put him a little further down the list because I think, you know, our two tackles are a little bit better. But the thing about Chandler Dolphin, here's a guy who may have been pressed into service a little bit more last year, but he he graded out pretty well, 82%. Um, he had 31 knockdowns, which was second most on the team. Uh, he's got 819 snaps last year. And he's just part of that group of offensive linemen coming back who has a lot of experience. And he's also an academic All-Mountain West guy. And as your center position, the center has to understand a lot of what's going on and be able to call out coverages and things like that as much as the quarterback does sometimes. So that center position, really, really important on any offense. Chandler Dolphin has, uh, I remember him getting a lot of praise as somebody who wasn't even seeing time, was on the practice squad, was a redshirt player. Coaches were have been high on Chandler Dolphin for a long time. And last year he started to get those opportunities. And he's going to play an important role this year too. Yeah, he is. Like you said, being a leader on the offensive line, that's usually the center's job. And so the fact, you know, he's a smart kid and he has experience, that's going to have value, even if he's not technically, you know, the, the top pass blocker, run blocker. He will bring value in other ways. And if he improves, obviously. We're hoping that he improves as he gets more snaps. Last year was his kind of his first breakout year where he had, it was, I think he had the fourth most snaps on the team um, behind White, uh, Aliufua, and Edwards. Largely because he split snaps early on. He basically played just as much as those other guys, you know, after those first five weeks. So, hopefully we'll see some good things from Dolphin this year. I think he's definitely one of the... He was one of the better offensive linemen last year. I think he was better than the two starting guards. I think he was better than White and Aliafua. So, probably the third best offensive lineman. You return the top three offensive linemen for this year. Hopefully we can get some good fill-ins at guards. But we'll talk about that later. We are going to have to get to a quick break. We're a little behind, so uh, really quick. Uh, well, well, we'll do the ad read when we get back. So we'll go to a commercial break. Do you have a broken appliance? Save money and repair your appliance with Daryl's today. Maybe you'll decide you need to purchase new. If so, you can apply up to $95 of your service call toward an appliance purchase. We reduce the risk when you choose Daryl's. It's a unique deal only we can offer you. See our store for details. Daryl's Appliance Service and Sales West on Airport Road. Open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. I'm here with Mark Anderson from Anderson Seed and Garden. Mark, can you tell us a little about your experience with ChemDry of Northern Utah? You know, our carpets get really dirty at Anderson Seed and Garden, and we clean every January. Our timing is is kind of difficult. I called Daryl, and he was amazing to work around our schedule. They came in and cleaned our carpets. They looked like brand new when they were all done, and uh, they've just been amazing to work with. ChemDry of Northern Utah, ChemDry of Northern Utah. Five seven five two six one hundred. 
Don't get caught without power to your home or business. This is Tyler with Golden Spike Electric. We offer Generac backup generators to keep your home or business warm, avoiding frozen pipes, loss of valuable food, or even a flooded basement. Golden Spike Electric is certified and factory trained, so you know it will be installed right and properly maintained. Contact Golden Spike Electric so you'll never be without power again. Online at gsegenerators.com. We also service other brands. Golden Spike Electric and Generac, power you can count on. This is Ryan at My Mattress. A mattress store recently closed right next door to our Riverdale location. Most people have said how awesome that is for us. I think I disagree. At My Mattress, we love competition. We love it if you shop other places, but also give us a shot. Shop online or go to other stores, maybe even a warehouse sale, but come into My Mattress because we want our shot at winning your business. Come into My Mattress right now and see if better sleep and better pricing are what you'll find. Hi, this is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. At White Pine, we value compassion, integrity, and service. We are committed to serving you and treating your family as our family. We will be here when you need us most to listen, to help, and to provide exactly what your circumstances require. At White Pine, we promise to dedicate our time and attention to you and your family. We invite you to come by and meet us. We're confident you'll feel a difference. For the second year in a row, Advanced Heating and AC is honored to be named Gold Medalist for Best of Northern Utah in the AC and HVAC category. They thank you for your support and vote of confidence in their company. You have many choices when it comes to your home's heating and air conditioning system. Make sure you choose the gold medal winning company, Advanced Heating and AC. Call 752-7272 or stop by their showroom west of DI online at advancedheating-ac.com. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Grantham Mobile Automotive Repair is on the go and ready to get your car repair tackled quickly. Locally owned and operated, Grantham Mobile Automotive will come to you. Call them at 435-229-4345. So, fall camp is upon us. It's been going on for a week or so. And we're now on to first spring scrimmage. But let's first talk about just fall camp in general. I know we haven't seen much, but like, Let's talk about who we think is needed to have a good fall camp in order to kind of solidify themselves, or maybe we're hoping they have a good fall camp because we're hoping they'll have a breakout year. So, you know, let's start with you, Eric. Who's a player that you're looking at that you want or you feel like needs to have a good fall camp? Well, for lack of being a broken record, <laughs> I mean, because this is an issue that we've we've hit on and touched on a lot uh, in these uh, weeks leading up to the first scrimmage. Just what's what's a linebacker position going to look like? Like I know AJ Vong Bachan has experience. I know MJ Tafisi has experience at Washington, but more I, I'm less worried about AJ than I am MJ, and then whomever else is going to play at the position. And so, rather than like naming names, because I don't know how practices have gone so far, and really it doesn't really matter what names I even call out, because. It's a number of guys that need to fill those positions, not only as a potential third starter, but what does that rotation look like? So that, for me, is 
probably number one on my list is just what does that linebacker core look like, especially if you bring in that you know, the, those rotation guys, the depth, that second unit. Excuse me. I can actually turn my mic off now. When I <laughs> yeah, that's true. You have the power. <laughs> I have the power now. Um, I kind of had a similar thought. I almost put linebackers. I, I mean, I thought of AJ and MJ, but I was like, kind of more what you said leaning towards, well, if there are specific guys you want to have a good camp, it's probably the backups. Because those are the guys we're more worried about. Maybe a little bit MJ, like you said, because he's less proven here than AJ is, where he's not yet played a snap for Utah State. Yeah, so I kind of agree where, yeah, the backups probably need to have a good camp to maybe make the coaching staff a little more comfortable about their linebacker depth. Um, But as far as, you know, the guys I was keying on, the number one on my list, which I've harped on a lot, I've already harped on it today, is the offensive line, specifically the interior offensive line. I've talked about Chandler Dolphin, whereas he's he's definitely got some room to improve, but specifically the two guys coming in at that left and right guard spots, um, we only sort of know who's probably going to step in. Wade Meacham seems to be the guy at left guard because he's the one guy who has experience. Um, and whoever's that right guard, these two guys, they need to have good camps. They need to assimilate quickly into the offensive line. Everyone needs to get gelled really quickly. And you know, they also need to have good camp because, as we talked about last year, they really struggled in terms of run blocking, a little bit of pass blocking. I mean, the interior offensive line was probably the biggest problem in terms of pass blocking. Um, you look at the numbers as far as pressures given up, sacks given up, and hits and things like that, it was a lot on the interior offensive line. Not nearly as much Jacob South and Alfred Edwards. So those guys need to come in and need to show improvements from what we had last year. Um, and that'll be key to maintaining some of that offensive consistency we had last year and potentially getting better in some areas, specifically the run game. And which segues to what I was going to say. My next point is that the run game, like what's – I. Don't, I, we know what Calvin Tyler can do, but there's questions about when he's off the field, who takes those snaps, who is able to affect the game in a positive manner. So that would be John Gentry and Jordan Wilmore, specifically because we haven't seen a lot of Wilmore, not just here at Utah State, but generally he hasn't had a lot of opportunities. So does he take advantage of an opportunity that is present here in Logan um, not to leave him out, but um, you know Makakona, I think he should be in there as well. But that that running back group outside of Calvin Tyler, can Utah State and just broadly speaking, as you kind of put it, just the run game, and that is more just instead of just the running back himself, but that offensive line, can Utah State effectively run the ball this year because they did not effectively run the ball last year. Yeah, it was really hit and miss. Usually it was just against the bad teams is when they would have some consistency in the run game. But I'll say another guy, I guess I'll kind of stick on offense because they got three three guys I'm looking at. I guess the first one was like three guys in one. Um, but I'm kind of curious about Xavier Williams specifically hmm. because he's a guy when I first heard yes. of his transfer. Okay, this is a former four-star guy. You know, all the talent you can want. It doesn't feel like he's been breaking through on this depth chart. When you look at the outside wide receivers, you got Brian Cobbs and Justin McGriff seem to be drawing the attention, maybe the snaps. You know, I was excited about Xavier Williams, but it doesn't feel like he's going to be breaking through, and that worries me because, like, okay, you have a talented guy. You'd like for him to work out because he could end up being a star. And so I think he needs to have a good camp to 
solidify himself among a crowded group of wide receivers. There's five guys who I believe all could end up as potentially the top guy. They all have the potential to be that guy. You know, varying degrees of potential, but I can see any one of Cobbs, Williams, I'm not as high on McGriff, but you know, it's possible he could be the top guy. Vaughn. Uh, yeah, Vaughn and Van Leeuwen. Those are your five guys that could theoretically all be the best receiver this year. And they aren't all going to be that way. I know uh, Coach Anderson tried to talk about how, you know, we won't have a guy with 100 receptions. We'll have, like, several guys with 35 catches. But, who knows, there's usually one guy that, that separates themselves. And you, But you also usually don't have five guys with 35 catches. You have, like, three, maybe four. Yeah, and I totally agree. In fact, I asked specifically about Xavier Williams when I sat down with uh, Anthony Tucker, and just the, here's a guy who's come with a lot of hype, and Aggies have got Aggie fans have gotten really excited about the potential of a big time recruit who went to Alabama, who just didn't ever see his opportunity there, but he did see time in the SEC championship game and in the college football playoffs. So there's reasonable excitement. But he didn't seem to get really going in the spring. Maybe a little at the very last scrimmage, he looked like he was showing up more. And Coach Tucker said, look, here's a guy who didn't play organized football for a year. So there's some muscle memory that needs to come back. And he was pleased with the progress that he made during the spring. And so I would like to see that progression continue to happen here in the fall. So he is on my list as well. And I would also put Justin McGriff on there. We've heard coaches say... Justin McGriff will be as good as he wants to be. He has the physical talents. He has the skill. Can he stay focused and engaged um, through the through the game? Because because of his size and his skill level, he can be a tremendous wide receiver for Utah State. Because we've seen him make some great plays. Just need to make sure that he stays engaged and continues to grow and mature and play what could be a really important role in this Utah State offense. Yeah, he's got to do the little things. He's got to be, you know, engaged in his route running. He's also got to work on his hands. He has some of the most drops, I think, um, on the team, at least in terms of the returners. And I think he had six or seven drops last year. I think it was more than anybody else. So he's got to work on those things that are beyond the fact that he's a six foot six receiver, because that's where he'll manage to be a breakthrough guy. That's why I'm down on him, because I'm like worried he won't make that jump. But if he does, I'll be completely wrong about Justin McGriff and all my thoughts on him. Because he'll be the best receiver on the team. He'll be what I kind of hoped for when I first saw him and then at the excitement that I've kind of lost over the last couple of years. So we'll see how well he does. Kind of the last one I have, um, and this is more of a hope because I've stuck my neck out for him really far. That's Daniel Grishik. <laughs> um, yes. I put him really high on my top 25, and I think he can be the best, most impactful defensive player on this team by virtue of his pass rushing. And more specifically, he's got to work on him you know, being an every-down guy, you know, setting the edge of being a good run defender. And I think if he's able to work on that in fall camp and you know, integrate with his offense in the system, he will be the best defender. Yeah, I know those are great. And i uh, love to hear from you guys what, who you think – uh, players or, or even positions that you think need to have a really good fall camp for Utah State. First chance to see them in action tomorrow at 11 o'clock on Merlin Olson Field. But love to get your thoughts on our full court press text line, 435-339-0321. couple texts that have come through, 9315 on this uh, point. says, uh, what position group had the most players leave or graduate? 
Probably wide receivers. Wide receivers or... Um, oh, there's another one that got hit really hard. I, I, think, I think it's mostly a wide receiver. I'd say probably wide receivers number one, linebackers number two. Yeah, Because yeah. I would include the injury to Anthony Switzer as affecting yeah. a loss there. Though he's not off the team, but it's it's a loss that's being felt. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Metzenheimer, Rice, those guys were huge impact players, and they're gone. You had three really dynamic wide receivers who graduated and left. So I think those those are the two position groups that were affected the most. Yeah, those those have been hit the hardest. I think maybe there was another one that had like a lot high number. I'm trying to think what it was, but it it may have just been a high number and not really impactful guys that are left. Right. Players who were regular rotation guys getting snaps. Uh five three three eight sent this in earlier when we were talking about the Utah Jazz potentially getting involved with the uh, L.A. Lakers and the Knicks in a three-team trade. says, this summer has been nothing short of an Abbott and Costello routine for the Jazz. This franchise is being decimated. Is this the type of leadership that the Smith slash Ainge B-U-Y clods are bringing to the organization? Maybe it's time the Millers took back control. I predict a lot of empty seats at games next season, especially if Mitchell is gone. That's possible, and there's reason to be a little down and negative. Um, it's it's the hard fact of, you know, when you're playing for the long term, it's that the short term is bad. Um, it's a sacrifice you have to make, and, the, and it's a question about do you want to play for being a playoff team every year, which the Jazz can be, or do you want to play for a championship? And both of those options have positives, and they both have some negatives. just depends which one you prefer. They have to get out of playoff purgatory. In order to move forward. Yeah. And good enough to make the playoffs, but not good enough to play for a title. Even though they were good enough to play for a title, they still weren't good enough to play for a title. Yeah. And it's not fun, the process of tearing down, because it hurts. You see players you like leave, and you're bad for a while. It's a very rare situation where a team was able to make trades while still remaining in the hunt. Uh, it's very, very rare, especially if you're in a smaller market. All right, so we got to do one more quick break. Uh, first, uh, Mountain West Motor, Logan's newest truck and SUV dealerships, located on 615 North Main Street. Great selection of trucks, SUVs, specially customized for your next adventure, whether it's hauling trailers, kids, or roaming the mountains. Mountain West Motor has a unique selection of vehicles. Visit mwmotor.com or stop by 615 North Main Street in Logan. Bright green cars. That's the only thing you need to remember as you're driving down Main Street in Logan looking for Jarek's fine jewelry. Hi, this is Jarek. We have a lot of people comment on the bright green cars outside, and some even talk about the building. But the overwhelming responses come when they step inside. Jarek's showroom was created to offer an intimate, romantic setting for couples to enjoy their ring-buying experience. Everyone is treated like a friend, with no price negotiation needed. Make your engagement special. Make it Jarek's. Come see us at 930 North Main in Logan. Just look for the bright green cars. Cash Valley Bank's newest branch is now open in Preston. I'm Lance Zollinger, and I'm excited to announce Cash Valley Bank is now open inside Stokes Marketplace. If you're an existing customer, you'll love the convenience. If you're not a customer, we'd love to have you open a new account with us, or even talk with us about a loan for your farmer business. Cash Valley Bank, a community bank where decisions are still made locally, now open in Preston. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. 
Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cache Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to CacheValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including Select Med, are accepted. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10 is tasty and quick. Elements' lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger, casual or professional. Open Monday through Thursday, 1130 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 1130 to 9 p.m., visit at TheElementsRestaurant.com for reservations today. Who do you turn to if you want to change out your wood or pellet stove? Advance Fireplace and Stove. They were voted the gold medalist for Best of Northern Utah for the second year in a row in the fireplace retrofit category. Be ready when the government's next wood and pellet replacement incentives pop up. Advance Fireplace can help you navigate the paperwork. For more information, call Advance Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online, advancefireplaceandstove.com. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Check out Napa Auto Parts. Get a $20 rebate on the purchase of a Legend Automotive battery or starter or alternator. Sounds like a good deal. Uh, Anyway, reminder, on Monday, we're going to be going to two hours no more of this one-hour stuff. we got two hours. We're getting swole. Yeah. We're getting bigger. And allegedly, there will be a new intro that may or may not <laughs> include me. Uh, a new open for the Full Court Press as uh, we embark on another season. And, yeah, fingers crossed that uh, somewhere in the official announcement of the show every day, there's at least a mention of one of our co-hosts. I'll officially become part of the Full Court Press. <laughs> You've been unofficially here for... Two months? That's closing on two months now. <laughs> Unofficially. Which is almost how long I've been the uh, Pick 6 champion. <laughs> anyway, um, so, spring scrimmage tomorrow at 11 a.m. Fall scrimmage. Fall scrimmage. Did I just say scrimmage or did I say spring scrimmage? You said scrimmage? spring scrimmage. Okay, fall scrimmage. Spring scrimmage in September. Anyway, <laughs> that's at 11 a.m. at the MAV. So, really quick for Eric, one thing you're looking forward to or trying to spot at the scrimmage. Well, I, I want to see how the that offensive line establishes the run game. Uh, and I want to see the rotations at linebacker. So you basically stole mine. I was going to talk about the offensive line again, but I'll I'll go with a different one. We kind of talked about this uh, kind of off the air, I believe, a couple days ago. I'm curious to see who's going to be the kick returner and punt returner. Oh yes, because uh, we it's more great of a, point. It's more of just a all right, that's who it is. So we'll get a chance to see that and more tomorrow at 11 a.m. And we'll recap it all on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Last night, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Las Vegas Raiders squared off in the NFL's annual Hall of Fame game. Like many preseason games, the play on the field wasn't very good. Sloppy, penalties, a lot of guys on the field who probably won't be playing this upcoming season. To be fair, that's not what you tune in for. The Hall of Fame game is symbolic as the start of the NFL season, and it couldn't come fast enough. The NFL offseason has seen a lot of drama. We have players' 
changing teams, coaches being fired, high-profile stars facing suspensions. Those have been the major storylines this offseason. Luckily, that will soon no longer be the case. The -the on-the-field action has officially started. So don't get discouraged by the product on the field in Canton last night because last night's game wasn't supposed to be a finished product. It's supposed to serve as an announcement. An announcement that over the next six months, football is officially back. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. And now, a message from Discover 